the day of Pentecost was fully come. It was full. It was there. The day was at its peak. It was there, that Pentecost that Jesus said, you're going to wait for the promise of the Father. It's going to come. This was the day that for thousands of years they were waiting for something to happen. This was the day that the Bible says was fully come. And they were all with one accord in one place, just like you are today. In verse 2, and suddenly, the Bible says, there came a sound. So quickly in the room appeared to all those 120 sitting, a sound came in the room as of a rushing mighty wind. And the Bible says that it filled the house. Before God touched them, God filled the atmosphere. God brought a filling in. The day was full. Now God filled the room with something of the heavenlies. God said, I'm going to do something. And before it happens, I'm going to fill. And he filled the house where they were sitting. And then verse 3, after they heard, they then began to see. And the Bible says, there appeared on them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. That day was beginning to fulfill that promise that Jesus had told to Nicodemus. That if you're born again, if you will be able to see and enter into the kingdom of heaven. This was the day that it began to happen for that group of people. And it sat upon each of them. In verse 4, the Bible says that they were all, all filled. God filled the day. God filled the room. And then God took a people. And the Bible says that he filled them with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. I want to preach to you today and to those that are watching online today that, that God wants to fill you and God wants you to be full of the Holy Ghost. It is in His will that you leave here empty. It is in God's will that you're watching on, this, on the internet today and that you go back to your day unfilled, empty, without. But the Bible wants us, or talking to us about being filled with the Holy Ghost. God had got their attention when he came through that room and began to bring in the signs of the rushing mighty wind. And after he got their attention, after God got their attention, they got God's attention because God came to them and gave them his full attention and he filled them. He took the emptiness that was inside them and he filled them with the Holy Ghost. And I want to preach to you for just a few minutes today. I say a few minutes, I probably am meaning that, that the empty would be filled that the empty would be filled if i could ever preach anything even as short as this is to this church and to those that are watching if i could ever say lasting words to anybody here today is that god wants you to be full god wants you filled and god wants you to stay full all of your life he doesn't want you to walk around emptiness the danger to him. We'll get to it later, but God wants you to be filled. If you could put your Bibles down, your tablets down, your phones down, if you could pray one more time that first of all, that those that are empty today would be filled and that we would be stay full. Jesus, I pray for my neighbors. I pray for those watching. I pray, God, right now that those who have walked in the door of this place today, that came in your God and did not know anything about you, Lord, that they are empty, but God, today, they would leave here full of something, full of something, Christ God, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, after Peter preached to them, after they received the Holy Ghost in the upper room, 
Peter began to preach to the onlookers that were watching below and began to wonder what are they all doing? What is this infilling? What is happening to them? Because it was a miraculous thing. And I want you to know today this is an apostolic church because this is a miraculous church. There are those who are filled with the Holy Ghost. It is a miracle. It is miraculous. You may be watching and wondering why are they so excited and all these things because this is a place where miracles happen. You're not going to get the excitement that you get out of this room by things that are unmiraculous. You're just not going to. Why would people act silly? Why would people run around and act crazy? Because a miracle happened in their life. Something changed in them. You have to wonder why do they act like they do? Because it was a miracle that came into their lives and their heart. The day that I walked into a church service and I had someone ask me if I wanted to pray, I said, yes, that was the day, the very first time that I went to an altar. And God had took my arms as I began to lift them up to him and say, God, I empty myself out of everything in me. I didn't know I had sinned in my life. And I said, God, I, I need your forgiveness. And I began to cry and repent of all the things I had done at 21 years of age, of everything that was in my life that wasn't of God. And then God began to take that stuff and he began to lift it. I felt the lifting of the emptiness coming in me, the, the stuff coming out. But God did not leave me empty. God did not leave me with nothing there. But God then said that you gave me what you had. This is a wonderful thing, that you gave me what you had. I gave him nothing but sin. That's all I had. I gave him my life. I gave him who I was. I said, God, I give you everything about me. That I gave God. God said, now I will give unto you. It is a way that God works. I gave to him. And God said, I will give to you. And that day God filled up inside the vessel the Holy Ghost. And I began to hear with my own mouth speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance for I don't know how many minutes. And I went home that day saying, I know now. I know now I got the Holy Ghost. I thought I had it before because they told me I had it when I went to Catholic Church. We got the little ashes put on our head and the confirmation that happened. They said, receive the Holy Ghost. I thought, wow, that's cool. I got the Holy Ghost. I don't know what happened anymore except I could smell the ash things on my forehead they put on there. But the day that God filled me with the Holy Ghost was a day that you can't forget. It's a day that you'll never forget when God takes you in this altar. And don't worry about it. If you're saying, I don't have the Holy Ghost, the reason you're here today is because God wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why you walk in the door of the church, that God would fill you today with it. And you're going to walk out of here saying, I feel so great. I feel so on fire for God. And that's because that's his will and his purpose. In Acts chapter 2, he said to them, they were asking what was going on. Peter said, uh, he said, if you repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. You shall be receiving something called a gift. This wasn't a gift that was given because of a, someone gave you a birthday gift. Someone gave you a Christmas gift. Someone gave you a, a you turned 50 this year gift or whatever it was. Or, or, or we're going to get there someday, I guess. <laughs> someone didn't give you a, a gift or whatever it was. But this was a heavenly gift. They were talking about receiving something called a heavenly gift gift or what I would say a something from spirit a spiritual gift being given this is the greatest thing in the world you can have is to receive a gift from God you can't get any better than that then God would say I'm going to give you a gift that I've gotten he gave a spiritual gift and he said it was called the gift of the Holy Ghost it wasn't a one-time gift but it was a gift that would keep on giving it was a gift that would keep 
giving to you. Jesus came to a woman at a well. She was a woman that came there thirsty. He was already sitting on the well, and when she came up to him, he said, uh, I've got water that you don't know about. She was thirsty. She was hungry. She came there because, uh, uh, I believe, also because she was a, not exactly the best reputation in town. So she showed up at a different time, came that well, had to draw out the water, took a long process of time. Jesus was there, and he said, give me some water. She goes, well, how are you going to get it and all this stuff? And then finally he began to tell her about a gift that would never stop. It was a gift of water that would come inside you and spring up and never, ever end. And she began to hear those words, and she said, well, I, and he, Jesus says, go tell your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. And he said, that's right, you've got like five husbands, and you're living with one right now who's not your husband. Why was she doing that? Because she was simply empty. And she was looking to be filled somewhere. The reason why you've tried all the things you've tried is because you simply were empty. You've done nothing, I don't want to say anything wrong, you've done what would be expected because emptiness always requires it to be filled. And if you don't have God, the emptiness inside you is going to seek to get filling somewhere. It is natural. It is part of how we are. God made us to have a spot in us that was meant to be filled by Him. And until it does, we'll seek for it everywhere. I want to tell someone today, because you may think, I don't know how God could forgive me because of all the things I've done in my life. It's all right to come in here and think that way, but it's not okay to leave that way. You may have came wondering, how could God forgive all this stuff? I will tell you how God can forgive. I will tell you how it's all right that you did all that. It was expected that you were going to seek something to fill the spot inside you. So don't give yourself a, a bothersome headache over the fact that you did all the sin in the world. You did all that sin in the world because you were empty. And empty stuff always requires to be filled. So you went after drugs. You went after sex. You went after fame and fortune. You went after all kinds of things looking to find what would fill. It was expected. And God knew that you were going to look for whatever it took to fill that empty spot. Not, let not one person ever say, I've done so much that God can't forgive us and God can't take, wash us away. If you've done that much, it just means you were that empty. And once you let that go of God, you better look out because he's going to do a whole lot of filling inside of you. I love the ones that come in and say, I just got so much stuff because I know when they give all that stuff up to God, God's just going to fill them greater than most people because they're going to let that all go. And God's going to fill. How many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost? You've understood that. God has did that, and that's what he's going to do today. Amen. God is always in the process of filling. In Genesis chapter 1, these are not scriptures I gave you. I'm reading out of my notes here. That God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. It was empty. And God said, I can't deal with emptiness. And so God said, let there be light, and light came forth into the world. The creation, God filled the empty. Empty places always seem to get filled with something. We have what we now call some countertops out there. And guess what? They get filled with stuff on top of them. It doesn't matter how much you clean it. Because it's an empty spot, it will get filled. It's just the way it is. We have a trash container way in the back there. It's empty sometimes, but after a while, the neighborhood decides to come by and pay us a visit and bring their trash to fill the empty container. Empty containers get filled. My yard, I clean my yard sometimes, and I make it look nice in the front. Somebody comes by and says, well, i got to fill that with something. So out goes a water bottle, a beer can, a McDonald's bag, whatever, into the grass because I made it nice and clean, and it looked like it was empty, saying, I'm inviting someone to fill it. That's how it is. Empty things always get filled. 
It's just the way nature will take an empty spot and will eventually fill it. You can go and I started a garden yesterday. You can till that up and make it so that it's nice and dirt. If you don't plant anything in there, something's going to fill it eventually because empty things will always get filled. Stars, they say the stars are continuously being increased and more being made all the time. I don't know this for sure, but they say uh, that the, the universe is expanding. It is empty. It is expanding. They say there are some 4,800 stars being made every second. I looked that up and like every second. Now, I don't know if I go on all that, but whatever it is, it, the, the principle is the same. That empty spots always will be filled by something. Barren wombs will desire to be filled with a child. An empty stomach will desire to be filled with food. A young person who's single will desire for a companion because they feel empty. A man who is seeking for education because he wants to learn more will seek to fill that his mind with something because he wants to learn a ground that is parched will seek for rain to come on it. Everything that is empty and void and desolate will seek a feeling of some kind to come into it. That's why, again, if you're watching or here today, it doesn't matter how much stuff you've done in your life and how bad that you think you were. You simply were empty and were trying to fill it. That was expected of you. But what's happening today is God is saying, I want you to empty yourself out of all that you had filled it with. And now I'm going to fill you with something better than what you ever had before that you'll never thirst again he wants us to be full he wants us to be full Elisha uh, in 2nd Kings chapter 4 verse 2 through 6 he came to a woman that was um, that was without Elisha said to her what shall I do for you tell me what do you have in your house and she said the handmaid has not anything in the house save a pot of oil and so Elisha said this to her go to the next verse he says, go and borrow vessels abroad of thy neighbors. Empty vessels, borrow not a few. Don't get filled stuff. Get things that are empty because I'm about to fill them. And then verse 4, and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and the sons, and thou shalt pour upon those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. And verse 5 and verse 6, so she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought, out the, who brought the vessels to her. Who got to be shut in? The ones who brought the empty vessels. And she poured out. And verse 6. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me a, a vessel. And he said, there is not a vessel more in the oil stand. God wants to fill things that are empty. Jesus in the, in, in the marriage of Cana, John chapter 2, verse 6 through 9. One more setting here. I'll get one more after this. Is that. There were set six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. They ran out of wine, and they asked Jesus, can you do something about it? He goes, let's go find some water pots. And he said to them, fill the water pots with water. He found some empty things. Get some empty vessels over here, and let's now fill them with water. And they filled them to the brim. And then, verse, uh, he said, draw out the water now and bear in the governor of the feast. And they bear it in verse 9. Of course, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was. But the servants that drew the water knew the governor of the feast. He called the bridegroom out and read all this. And he said, you have brought basically the best stuff until now. This is how it is with God. When you can get an empty vessel, God will fill the very best things that you've ever had in your life. You'll never have to wander again. You'll never have to look again. You'll never have to seek again because God wants you to be filled with his spirit. It is the will of God that we are filled and that we stay full. In Acts chapter 6, verse 3 through 5 and verse 8, 
when they went to go find who it is that we can put in position, who it is that we can have being used to take care of some issues, they said, look out among you seven men of honest report. And then what do they say? Let's find somebody who's full. God is looking to have people that are full to operate in his church. God wants people who are full to be operating. He says, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom who may appoint over this business. And then they found, and we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. In verse 5 and verse 8. And they say, and please the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Ghost. And a bunch of these other guys. And then verse 8. And Stephen full of faith and power. The great works, minor miracles among the people, a man full. I have said all this to you today to say because we need to have the anointing of God. We need to have the filling of God. If you think for a moment that you can just operate in this world without God's filling inside of you, you're mistaken. You've got to have it. God wants to take you if you're watching, if you're here today and you've come here empty. God wants your empty vessel to be filled up for the very first time. He wants that vessel to be filled up so that you can go out there and they're going to tell you and they're going to ask you when you come out there with that vessel full and you get out there in the streets, they're going to say, what has happened to you? You used to be this, you used to be that, but you've changed. You've changed. You're different now because the Holy Ghost had changed you. God wants us to be full of the Holy Ghost. Your anointing that comes from God isn't going to come just because you're Asking God to be used of him. God's going to bring that anointing you because you sought it in prayer time. When I first came in church, before I ever preached a message, I used to go and pray uh, after I got home from work and we'd go to the church in Michigan and I'd be by myself there and I'd go in the basement and I'd just pray. And I'd pray and I began to feel God's anointing coming over me again and again and again. I'd just pray. Every day I became addicted to it. I just wanted to get a hold of God again. He was filling me with his power. He was filling me with the stuff and inside of me, and it was a wonderful thing. And the day that they ever said, well, I want you to come preach, that same power and anointing that came in all those days and weeks of just praying, 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 began to manifest itself in a pulpit. You can't come up here without it first coming from there because God wants us to be full of his spirit. And as a saint of God, we've got to be full of the Holy Ghost every day of our lives. We've got to seek for that infilling. We've got to say, God, I can't afford to be dry. I've got to be full of something. I don't know what you came here today and where you're at, but God wants your emptiness to be full. If you don't have God fill you with his spirit, there's other things that will try to fill inside of you. Jesus, uh, excuse me, in, in the Old Testament and book of Job, God came to Lucifer. And he said, where are you at, Lucifer? Where have you been at, Lucifer? And he said, I've been going here and there and all over the place, just looking around, searching. What are you searching for? I'll show you what he's searching for. If you read one more scripture, say Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 through 45. I know it's quiet here right now, and we're going to pray again. But I want to switch part of this message now to those of you who have been filled. And sometimes we get away from being full. We get away from all that. <clears throat> and so the Bible says when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, a man had repented and got things out of him, the unclean spirit walks through dry places and the one thing he's seeking for is rest. The devil's 
are always seeking for rest. And the Bible says that those that worship the devil will uh, and take the mark of the beast will be tormented day and night and never have rest. But those that worship God will have rest. In fact, you talk about the elders of the church worshiping day and night and worshiping. They're not getting tired. They're able to do it. They're able to give themselves. But this unclean spirit is looking. The devil's seeking rest. And I don't want to have a, I don't want this soul, this vessel here to be a hotel for the devil. I want to make sure that it says no vacancy upon this heart right here. There's no vacancy for any unclean spirit. And there will never be any vacancy for an unclean spirit because I will continue to stay full of the Holy Ghost. I will continue, and you must continue to pray, 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 God, every day as best as you can to get a hold of God. We can't afford a day without it. We can't afford, you and I can't afford for, di- for time to go by that we don't connect with God. There are those occasional days that come. There's the days like I didn't feel good the other day that I didn't really pray too well. There's those days like that that come that you just don't feel like it. But God will get you through that because you've been praying all the other times. He'll get you through that time and you'll come. That's why I came here today not feeling that great, but I felt the, pre- the prayers of you. I felt the people. I felt whatever it is that brings strength, and God brings strength in those times. But we have to be honest. We can't wait from Sunday to Sunday to be full of the Holy Ghost. Is that okay? We can't wait from Sunday to Sunday. We can't wait for the next Sunday to pray again and have the music get up here and do a great job. And I love it because I can get in the presence of God like that. But we can't do that. We've got to say, God, in my home, wherever I'm at, I've got to get a hold of you on my own. I'll tell you something right now. You may say, I'm not a praise leader. You are in your home. You are a praise leader by yourself when you're walking with God. Because when you worship God, you're leading the angels and you're worship. You're leading the heavenly choir when you're worshiping God in your home. You are very much a praise leader in your house. Just because you don't carry that towel, you are one at home. Every day you, you get up and begin to worship God. You're the praise leader at home. You be that praise leader. You say, you know what, God? I'm going to sing to you today. I'm going to sing to you. I'm going to lift you up. Get you a tambourine. I've got one if you need to borrow it. Get a tambourine. I don't know how to play it. I just make noise with it. Praise God. That's all the Lord seemed to fit me to handle. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. But worship God. You're a praise singer at home. You're a praise leader. I don't care if you don't think you sound good. To God, it sounds beautiful. To God, your voice sounds beautiful. To the Lord, it sounds great when you're lifting him up and you're singing to him and you're worshiping him. You don't have to do it around anybody else, but God is going to love to hear that because you're getting a hold of him's presence. You're touching him. So Satan, the devils are looking for rest. And they're walking around, and then the unclean spirit, okay, let's go to verse 44. I want to finish this. He says, I will return to my house from when I came out, because he couldn't find rest anywhere. And when he's come, he finds it empty. Everyone say empty. Swept and garnished. I'm come right back to this, verse 44, if you could. And then verse 40, 45. Uh, then he goes and he takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than themselves. They enter and dwell there in the last day. That man's worse than the first. This is the wicked generation. If you could back up to verse 44, I didn't tell you to go back. There's one thing that I read this the other day and it kind of shocked me. Um, and I want to, this is maybe how this all started. But in verse 44, the devils are looking for something that is empty. The word empty here means something that I think we need to take note of. 
to those of us who have been filled with the Holy Ghost, this means something to us. You see, it's God's will that we pray and that we worship him and we talk in tongues and we get a hold of him and we're reaching him as best as we can. It's God's will that we are always staying full of the Holy Ghost. It's God's will that we labor in his kingdom. Because that we cannot, the Bible talks about the saints resting from their labors. Well, if you don't have any labors, you can't rest. So you better be doing something for God and getting labors and getting involved. And hopefully you come to my class today if you haven't get involved so you can get into after us the plug for the first steps class afterwards. Uh, so you can say, let me find out what I can do for God's kingdom. So I want to be a laborer. But the main thing I'm talking about is being full of the Holy Ghost. We've got to continue to pray and connect with God. And so the devils find a vessel and they find it empty. And I read this scripture, and I looked this definition up. The word empty, the very first definition of the word empty. And this is what we are sometimes. And I'm not saying it's wrong. to. Sometimes we take breaks. We just kind of like, you know, not saying take breaks from God, but sometimes we, you know, we get involved, do a lot of things, and we just need to take a little bit. You know, we have a Mondays or Sundays we relax a little bit. There's nothing wrong with all that stuff. You should have that. I'm reading a book about rest and relaxation or some of that in there, and we're supposed to have like nine hours of sleep. I'm like, oh, my word, I don't do that. In the, in the Old Testament back then, they slept like 12 hours in the winter. Jeez, I can't sleep 12 hours. Maybe some of you can, but they slept like 12 hours of the day. And so the thing is, it's not that we don't have rest like this. It's not that we don't have these things. But what this thing hit me with is that when the devils find this vessel, they find it empty. The word empty means, uh, the way means one thing, at least the first definition is this. It means to take, it means to take a holiday. What's Satan looking for? Those who are, I'm on a holiday right now. I don't want to get a hold of God for a while. I'm gonna, I want to chill. I want to just take a break. I want to, maybe later, maybe next week I'll really get a hold of God again. They're looking for a vessel that is on a holiday. They're looking for someone who stopped, someone who stopped getting filled again, who stopped praying and stopped singing and stopped being the praise singer in, in their home. The Bible talks about hanging your harps on the wheels. Don't hang your harp on the wheels. Make sure you get that harp out or whatever the instrument is, and you begin to worship God and you begin to lift him up because it's not his will that you're ever taking a holiday. I hope someone hears me today, but I really want to set forth this admonition into your life. God does not want you to ever have a day that you're not full of his spirit. He desires that you're so full of his spirit. You won't sin. You won't mess up. You won't do all kinds of crazy things because you're full of God. And because you're full, you're not empty. And if you're not empty, you're not going to be looking for some kind of entertainment somewhere else to fill that empty spot up because God has given you that wonderful thing. Someone say amen. I'm going to finish here. Jeremiah talks about uh, the, the vessels had to be poured from vessel to vessel. You've got to let go of that old stuff and get it out of you because God wants you to be filled. God wants you to have an infilling to come inside your life and to touch your life and to, and to change your heart. There was a story, and, and thank you, Ben, for coming, that the talents were given unto men. Uh, we're given so many talents here and so many talents here and so many talents here. And I always wonder why the guy that didn't invest his money, he had the one, one town, let's call it a, a $100, whatever you want to say it. And the master comes back and says, well, you guys have invested my money. The first two took their money and invested it, doubled it, tripled it, whatever, brought it back to the master. But the third guy, the foolish guy, took his talent and buried it in the ground. And I always thought, well, why was that such a bad thing? I mean, I, I understand he was supposed to invest it, but at least he had back what he started with. And then I began to realize the man that was given the talent and didn't do anything with it, 
did not have the same thing as what he started with. Because the master said you could have at least put in the bank to draw interest. The reason why that one talent was worth less was because of inflation. He stuck it in the ground while the dollar value went up and that dollar was going down because there was no interest being drawn to it. He had less than what he started with. I don't want to have less than what I started this thing with. I don't want to have less than what I ever started this whole thing with. I want to make sure that when God comes back, I'm just as full of his presence, just as full of the Holy Ghost, just as full of his anointing as I was when I started this thing out. When God found me in an in a apostolic church and brought me to an altar. And it's the will of God that you have as much with you when you leave this world as the day you came into this thing. God wants you to leave here as full as you came in and probably more full than what you ever had. You may have walked in here. Let me just, let me finish this as we're going to pray. You may have come in here. I want to reach to all people that you may have come in here. You may have been, may have been empty. You may have come in here with an empty vessel, but I want to challenge and encourage you today. God is going to fill that empty vessel if you should so choose to desire. And I pray that you so choose and so desire it because there's nothing greater than the infilling of the Holy Ghost. When Ruth was come uh, on the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verse 17, uh, it's not on the screen here, but she said this, these six measures of barley he gave me, Boaz gave to Ruth some things some stuff to give to her mother-in-law. And Ruth was a type of the bride of Christ, or type of, of, of Jesus Christ to us. And, we, and Ruth was maybe a type of the bride. And the groom gave to the bride something to give to the mother-in-law. He says, go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. God is not his will that you ever leave empty. He'll always give something. When they came out of Egypt, God said, go borrow from your neighbors vessels. Go borrow, borrow stuff from them. You're not going to leave here empty, he said. You're going to come out of Egypt with stuff. You're not going to have to worry about emptying your vessel out today and leaving empty and letting it all go out because God will fill the emptiness inside and he'll take you somewhere that you've never been before. And we could all stand right now. Three times in the Old Testament, the charge was given to Israel not to appear before God empty or empty-handed. Three times he charged them, don't come before me empty-handed. Don't come there empty-handed. Even the heathen nation of the Philistines, when they had captured the ark, and they realized the trouble they were in, sent the ark back. And they said, when we send this ark back to Israel, they said, don't send it empty. Even the heathen nation knew not to give to God something empty. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands around right now. God. I want to be filled. Lord, I ever want to be filled today. I don't want to make sure I walk out of here an empty vessel, God. I have all the rights. It don't matter how empty you were when you came in, you have all the rights to get a hold of God. You've got all the rights to say, God, I want to be as full today as when I first came in this thing, God. I want to be filled for the first time in my life. If you're watching online, pray right now. God, fill the empty vessel that I have. Fill the vessel, God. It needs to be filled up. It needs to be full today. I, I know this is always hard, but I want to ask if you feel empty to come to the front. Because God's going to respond to honesty. They were men of honest report and full of the Holy Ghost. If you feel like you're empty, you need an infilling of God. Maybe your first time you come up here and just pray. God's going to touch you today. We'll pray with you. If you feel like I'm a little bit empty inside, God, I need the Holy Ghost.
God's going to give it to you.